So welcome to Kit and Her Wolves podcast. We're dedicated to unifying the kink and swinging scene um, lifestyles, alternative lifestyles, to allow those who want to to explore the world of BDSM, kink, fetish, ethical non-monogamy, and swinging without judgment, but with knowledge, understanding, and respect of others. Um, so if you're curious curious about these lifestyles and want to learn more, you've come to the right place. And today we are at Extasia. There's not just me here. There's not just Wolf here. We've got a guest as well. Hello. 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 How well, lovely to make the trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this podcast does contain adult content. Um, if you're um, and is aimed over the age of 18, if you're under that or easily offended and or don't want to hear about it, then uh, stop listening and or watching now. Um, and if you're over the 18, over the age of 18, and looking for, to broaden your mind, then welcome. Yes. So yeah, that's that's the intro. So hello. Hello. Hello to our guest. You are Tina Hello. Bontese. It's Tina Bontes here, yes. Um, it's rather lovely to be invited across to um, this rather gorgeous club. I've not been here for some time. Yeah. Um, but, when, um, when was the last time you were here? I think it was a Femme Devotion event. Ah, um, okay. That hasn't been for a while, has it? Well, I don't think it's been for a while, but I know that I sort of had a, a small break from coming across here because I was so busy with lots of other commitments. Yeah. But I do love the club. I think it's wonderfully well appointed. Mm. Um, it is. It's improved now they've got flirts as well, which is where we are, Flirt Cinema, by the way. Yeah, this is all rather nice, isn't it? Yeah. The seats are rather comfortable. The seats yeah. are proper <laughs> cinema seats. Now, sometimes you go to a, an adult cinema and they're not... It's not this quality of seating, I have to say. Well, I was going to say, they are wiped clean as well, which is rather <laughs> a benefit, isn't which it? Which is handy, to be fair, yes. Yes, yeah. given the content that's probably yes. being portrayed. Um, but yes, no, it's very nice to be here, and um, especially being in Birmingham, in West Bromwich, on a home match day. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, um, it's classic timing from us as, as normal for yeah. picking a day. We're not, we're, not, we're not massive football fans, so we don't kind of uh, look at those Shh, calendars. Don't tell them! <laughs> As we're rugby fans. We like rugby. As far as anyone's concerned, we love men with balls, don't we? <laughs> Especially if they can put them in the right places. Right. Um, and stay on top of the table. <laughs> so, so, yes. Right. Um, I understand that there's a whole list of things that we need to go through. Well, we've, got, we've got a few questions just for you to start with. Kind of find a bit more about you and how you kind of Oops. came onto the scene. Okay, do you want to start there? Far away, Far go away. Ahead. How long have you been on the scene? How did you come to be on the scene? Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so, a bit of a potted history. Um, I suppose it goes back to... Um, I suppose my life as Tina really began when I was born because I wanted a girl. And uh, I turned up. So, <laughs> um, I was named... Um, my my um, heterosexual name, or shall I say, my my vanilla name, is 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 a double is a double entendre because you just change one letter, yeah, and it can go from the masculine to the feminine. Um, and that was um, I think it was 1963, which was the uh, National Year of Productivity, so uh, they produced oh. me, um, <laughs> which obviously now gives you a good indication as to how young I am. Mm. Um, but in this scene, age is not really a number. It's more it's about not. how you feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, totally agree. So I suppose early early formative years go back to, I suppose, with living a life um, in a military family. 
Mm. Uh, my father used to go away quite a lot yeah. and as a result of that when um, how should we say father came back from maneuvers um, it was quite a tradition that um, the ladies of the houses we would you know the ladies of the houses would obviously um, say hello to their gentlemen again and there was a sleepovers arranged for us little people who mm. didn't really know what was going on and yeah. it was nice and innocent and it was all fluffy bunnies and the yeah. world was all full of niceness <laughs> um, but I always remember my mum um, I suppose it's one of those things you get flashbacks to and it's probably a massive overshare but um, my mum had always got a beautiful couture lingerie collection and um, you know it was very much a tradition that um, you know the gentlemen's wives would um, dress up and they would go off for an evening meal etc and we would be none the wiser as to what else happened so they had time to reacquaint themselves but I still see those images of the makeup and the dressing table it wasn't yeah. just a dressing table it was more like a almost like a boudoir if that makes sense mm. yeah. but yeah. there was nothing weird about it because I didn't understand anything so that wasn't really a thing if that makes sense but it's something that you look back on and reflect um, and then I suppose really um, jump forward um, quite a few years, happily married, um, wonderful relationship with an amazing person. We're married for about 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, um, I think inside of you there's always, if you're sort of slightly of a tendency where you're more... Um, more put it, interested in every aspect of things. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I would say probably about 30, 30 years ago, I suppose, Tina first came to the fore um, in various shapes and forms. Yeah. Always repressed, obviously, because you had to keep everything under the radar. But I was having quite an interesting life, and I was with my partner at the time because we were actually... Um, exploring non-monogamy at that point in our lives so you know it was part of our life but also I found that I got a real interest in the kink and the fetish side of it I suppose growing up in the time of of going out during the the 80s and the 90s when you know you had the whole alternative lifestyle and it wasn't unheard of for gentlemen to be wearing eyeliner and dressed up in goth I love that side of life and I loved all of that Um, and um, I found myself and we found ourselves in the whole of that scene at the time but it was nightclubs dancing that sort of thing going to various pubs and bars and things but underneath it all there was always sort of more of a passion between us for exploring the kink and the fetish side of things more so me than 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 um, my partner at the time but um, we embraced it and we really enjoyed it but in those days it was very sort of how could you put it you were sort of there wasn't a big social scene around it and it wasn't socially acceptable and you have to be very careful about what you said and where you went a lot of it was sort of stuff that you sort of learnt in the bedroom and occasionally going out to certain places and seeing things but it was very much more toned down and it was all very much behind closed doors and not mm. talked about. We'd lived through the whole spectra of the television programmes with 
you know, people chiselling the word AIDS into tombstones and going through all of that and mm-hmm. Section 28. So you have to be really careful. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and and society at the time, um, with with obviously when all of the AIDS crisis broke and everything, society was up in arms and and it was a major thing if you were sort of seen to have any of those tendencies or yeah you know so you live through all of that almost without being disrespectful almost like living in a police state where you couldn't say too much Mm. um and you couldn't really be seen to be an ally or anything because you know society would would was and, and luckily thank goodness things have changed and things have moved mm-hmm. forward yeah yeah it's been a massive shift change and a massive learning curve over the whole thing about what happened at that time which mm. is fantastic yeah but um i suppose that brings me forward probably about another well, i've lost count of the years now <laughs> but, but the club scene for me really started um i found a place in leicester um which i really enjoyed and I was able to dress as Tina and express myself in a safe environment and at the same time it took a fantastic dungeon mm. and it was under, under the city uh, <laughs> wasn't the most salubrious of locations shall we say but it was a fantastic <laughs> venue and I, I was able to sort of practice um, kink and a lot of people were very interested <coughs> And it ended up with a situation, sort of most Friday nights, I was hosting downstairs in the dungeon and people were coming forward and, and experiencing demos with me. Yeah. And I very quickly developed a sort of a niche for like sensual domination around waking up the skin and the mind mm. and a bit of role play and that sort of thing, rather than sort of full on heavy impact, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something you learn as time goes on, and you watch and you visit other venues and you learn from other peers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think you ever stop learning. So you don't. Fair, it's I haven't. No. <laughs> you, you, anyone that says they know it is a fool because yeah. this whole scene is constantly evolving, mm. and the amount of things that you can learn and pick up just by going to other events and. Um, maybe watching different peers in, in in session or being lucky enough to be invited to a play event where you can have a one-on-one and there are people there that are willing to let you try and break that catch-22 situation of being a dominant mm. because a lot of people want to be dominants but they can't break that mould because somebody won't let them try it on them if that makes sense yeah so um, being able to facilitate that's great fun um, and I suppose that's been going on for probably about 20 years so it has given me a wonderful sort of good grounding yeah. and at the same time a lot of wonderful people that have trusted me in order to be able to let me and other people um, learn their skills you know and let me facilitate other people learning skills and skill sets and getting some experience which is all quite amazing really it is no it's fantastic but but you you do have to be really careful because you have to really be sure about your boundaries and read the scene 
So when you are in session, for example, you, you literally are on point every nanosecond, especially if you're mentoring someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, uh, so, so yes, um, and what have I been doing recently? Um, for some bizarre reason, a couple of years ago now, just after lockdown, um, I was sort of invited to um, attend a particular house party event um, by Playgrounds, which is yeah. quite a big um, organisation which takes over places and hosts house parties with a twist. Mm, and sounds good. Um, we ended up creating a thing called the Backlash Barn, which has become quite a phenomenal um, force between moving kink into swing and swing into yeah. kink, which you I think is about this before, yeah. You know, which is is rather lovely because you do get people that are that have watched various films. I mean, we could mention Fifty Shades of whatever. And I thought we weren't going to mention that today. Nine and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you ever seen Nine and a Half Weeks? I don't think I've seen Nine and a Half Weeks. Oh, you need to educate. We need to. Well, hang on, we'll I apologise for Kenton not seeing Nine and a Half Weeks. We will address this oh, later definitely. on today. Yes, yes, I think that needs to be dealt with. Yes, and, and that needs to be You explained. were always impressed by the film that got me into this. Which is? The Secretary. Oh, of course, yes. That's Which is epic. my favourite film. That's an epic, isn't it? Love it. I can watch it, just watch it all If any of our audience seen it, not if they have. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I would say that um, there are some films out there that, um, you know, whilst humorous and funny, touch on the soft underbelly of the history of it, shall we say. Yeah. So, for example, um, you know, Personal Services, which is um, the story of Madame Sin. Madame Cynthia Payne, mm. um, who ran a house in London, and if you ever watch it, there is an awful lot of humour, but there's an awful lot of real stories in there. Oh wow, okay. Um, Put that on the list as well. Yeah, you can get it on YouTube now as well. Oh, I think. Can you? Oh, yeah, yeah, wow, you okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm not advocating anyone watching uh, films on on YouTube, which are um, how can you put it, possibly compromising um, copyright recognition. Yeah, so we, yeah, yes, we'll, no, we'll, we'll move swiftly <laughs> on. So, go, so going back to you and, and you being in the lifestyle, what's your favourite part of the lifestyle? Oh, I think one of the most beautiful things is, yes, um, if anyone's ever listened to the film, or sorry, if anyone's ever listened to an album called Transformer by Lou Reed, and it's the journey of a um, person um, who basically rejects their heterosexual life and moves into a transitional life of cross-dressing, transvestites. The album is goes back to the 70s, mm. and he was quite a forthright person in that respect. For me, you know, if I'm going to turn up like today, it's great fun. You know, you wash away the man, you know, yeah. literally, and and. You sit there, you transform, and, and you get yourself ready, and it's all part of your sort of thing. In the yeah. back of your mind, you're also thinking about your gear, so, you know, you go through the ritual of making sure you've packed all your gear, and you've got all the cleaning done and everything for it. Yeah. And then you drive across to the event, you go to the event, and mentally you're sort of getting into that whole persona. Yeah. And so it's, an, it's 
it's all of that. The culmination of it is is you know being Tina, um, being that person, and if you're lucky enough to go, I mean, I always take Pandora's bag, and and if if I get invited to go and do a session or or to maybe oh can you come upstairs this with you know someone wants to learn something and you're able to share that knowledge mm. and you see that look on that person's face that moment that they were wanting to learn say me how to use a flogger or something like that yeah and you're able to sort of demonstrate it and you're literally able to with their consent you know you're giving them the wrist movements it's not all about loads of elbow and you know smacking the stuff in out of things and yeah. And you see that connection. <clears throat> you know when somebody suddenly goes, I've got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and going back to what you're saying about um, getting dressed up, yeah. when I'm going somewhere in Dom mode, this is how I dress. Yeah. And and uh, I think you've seen me somewhere where I was just chilling out, yeah. um, jeans and a, and a t shirt. So I have different, diff- I dress differently as opposed to what mode I'm currently in. Yeah. yeah. You know, tonight, I mean, I'm off to Leicester this evening for a big burlesque party. Mm. So, you know, the ball gown's ready. And it's oh, it's going to be a complete transformation, you know. Amazing. So literally be flying back up the M6 and yeah. joining the traffic jam and quietly yeah. sitting there seething, <laughs> listening, to, <laughs> leaving, yeah. listening to Spotify and thinking, if that car pulls in front anymore, I'm just going to move across just a little annoying. <laughs> Essentially, I think they need to move West Brom about 20 miles east. If you could clone clubs yes. Yes. Oh, and yeah. clone the dynamics of those clubs. So if you could take Ecstasia and you could surgically clone it or, or chemically clone it and, and drop an Ecstasia here and an Ecstasia there and an Ecstasia over there, wouldn't the world be a wonderful place? It'd be an absolutely amazing place. You know, I, mean, I, I genuinely don't think Ecstasia could happen because of anywhere else, because of the way it did happen. Because of how it happened organically, originally we were having just the club and where we are now, Flirts Bar was a, a slightly moody pub. Do you remember the slightly moody pub? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that then closing down and then getting the club, get, getting the pub, sorry, and then making it as a compound. It's kind of the way it's grown. I don't think it could ever be repeated. Organically, I think it's an amazing story. And I think Paul and, and Flirt are, and, and their team are, are actually fantastic because oh, God, yeah. they've taken something that let's be honest about it developers could have quite happily flattened the whole site and turned it into rather cheap tacky apartments yeah and instead they've built this wonderful hub and this community mm. and this this attraction out of potential nothing yeah and and the reputation of the club and the environment you know it's it's so wonderfully um how can you put this if you've never been you need to go because i'll tell you what on one hand you could end up with the best dance floor in the city of birmingham or the west midlands on the other hand you can turn up with some of the naughtiest dungeon equipment in the world (laughs) exactly one of the the things i love is when you once you're through that the gate into the compound you're you're in ecstasia it's safe it's it's a safe environment it's a safe place you've got you've got the pub outside area or sun deck yeah i think they're building a, a massive great hot tub as well got a hot tub a sauna all sorts of yeah. just like behind here yeah. and, 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 and testament to them through managing the universal problems that we all faced with the the, the pandemic and all mm. of that 
they stood firm and they battened down the hatches yeah. and they came out of it stronger. They did, definitely. Uh, and, you know, because they manage the business so professionally, they're able to support and survive. Yeah. Um, sadly, a lot of businesses and a lot of venues struggled because mm. of the pure dynamics of their business. But it's lovely to see so many clubs come out the other side yeah. of it. And given the economic climate that we've got now, it's nice to see they're still being well patronised. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So on that note, how many clubs have you been to and which one is your favourite and why? I'm That's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> How many clubs? Um, it's going to be somewhere around 10, I should think. Nice. Um, yeah. Is there a favourite or are they, do you like can them I'll be honest with you, every single club has got something special. Yeah. So you can't have a favourite. Um, because I think when you have a favourite, you judge everyone by that standard. Mm. And then you start, how can you put it, familiarity can breed contempt. So if you just treat every club as an adventure, um, regulars-wise, I suppose for me, in in a daft sort of a way, there's a a little club that's very local to me. um, And it's it's more like a little family in the community. You can pop in any time. Everybody knows everybody. And it's a little one, it's in Leicester, mm. um, it's called Amigos. And it, for me, it's handy because it's it's literally five minutes away in a taxi. Yeah. If I can be bothered to get myself sorted out and it's, it's, do my chores. I mean, that's somewhere we go as well because it, it is also local to us. Yeah. Um, and it's somewhere I very often go to work, to work on the podcast yes, and because social media stuff. Yeah. Because um, in the cafe area, you can have your laptop and your phone out, yeah. nowhere else. Um, mm. And it's often quite difficult to edit porn in the middle of Starbucks. Um, well, but I was going to say, and yeah. also, also you've got people willing to give you advice on what you're editing as well, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is that side of it. I mean, it's not. It, how could you put it? It's like the original Swingers Dreamers pub. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Okay. The original Swingers Dream pub because basically you go in there, you can take your own alcohol with you, don't get drunk. It's not what that's a game about. About, but. Go in there, relax. You've got none of these having to be careful what you say. Mm. You know, you don't have to be guarded because everyone has the same naughty hobby. So I've got, I've got to say that being in the lifestyle uh, slightly longer than us, but obviously we've been in the lifestyle a while, do you find it really difficult to edit yourself in vanilla life? Uh, not anymore because most people know me. So, <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do find myself in a professional capacity when I'm having to deal with difficult situations, um, and and you know, inside my my brain is sort of wired half male, half female. So it's quite handy in some respects because it gives me that ability to have that empathy with the situation mm. and to have that step back and that two minds processing. Yeah. I walked into a situation yesterday where there was some tension between some people and I was able to sort of diffuse it but look at it from both sides Mm. and and think of how she would attack it and think about how he would attack it and and resolve a situation if that makes sense yeah don't get me wrong it's not going to be an easy one we're still gonna have to go through some sorting out but it gives you a different viewpoint. 
you become mm. more aware of a, of a problem mm. and, and you look at it from different angles. Sometimes if you are, um, how can you put it, heavily involved in something, it's really difficult to take those two eyes out of your head and stick them on the ceiling and look down on it as a circle and go, okay, so that's happened. Why did that happen? How can we resolve that? And what can we do going forward to avoid that problem being such an issue in the future? And yeah. it's that whole skill of being able to almost think of it from another point of view. That's a really tough skill. Filters-wise, what was that? <laughs> that said it's a really tough skill. <laughs> I was looking at him. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I can be a bull in a china shop. Yes, but... Just putting it mildly. But having said that, as time goes on, and you experience more and more different scenarios, mm. um, you look back on those scenarios, oh God, talk about a bull in a china shop. Crikey, I was like a tranny in a bloody... Honestly, I was like a, a tranny in a bloody toy factory. I was chucking stuff everywhere and I was, you know, it's like, God, you know, complete makeup everywhere, that's it, you know. Yeah. Palettes on the wall and all that business, you know. <laughs> you go through those stages and you learn as you get yeah. wiser. I say the word wiser rather than older because it sounds better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Go on. I was going to say, what, 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 were we moving on to some audience questions? Or what, what, oh, I've got, got one more question. Oh, sorry. Ask. I need to clean my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait there. Oh. Where are they? They're in here somewhere. It's all right, keep going. Talk amongst oh, yourselves. Oh, hello. Are we doing practicals today? Maybe. I'm joking. Yeah. Well, you know, anything's on the table. Really. <laughs> these, these are really useful for cleaning glasses. Isopropyl swabs. Ah, right. Thank you. If you use those for cleaning your glasses, okay, it removes all sins from glasses, and at the same time, they're great for cleaning pinwheels. Ah. Because nice. if you're going to use pinwheels for demos and you're wiping it over someone, you then want to make sure you're not wiping them over the next person. You sure do. It also that just reminds me of coming back through uh, an airport security. Very, very recently. Oh, yeah. And um, getting my bag searched. Did you have something interesting in there? Oh, we well, have lots of things. Hang on, what did I have? We put, we put all the toys audience, in one bag. Audience, are you ready for this one? This yeah. would be very interesting. <laughs> yeah, we put, all, we put all the toys in one bag because um, we thought if one bag's getting searched, at least it's just the one bag. So um, the, the young lady who was, uh, had the unfortunate job, or fortunate job, depending, she didn't look too offended, to be fair, of going through the bag, she discovered pinwheel, two floggers, two sets of cuffs, piece of rope, um, there was collar and a lead, collar and a lead, and there's something else as well. And I can't remember what. But to be fair, she didn't look too perturbed. That's quite mild, actually, compared <laughs> to what I had. We, we only had carry on. We didn't. Well, yeah, we, we weren't checking luggage. You see, this is just carry on luggage. It does come a limit to what they think you're going to attack the pilot with. Uh, you know, I tell you what, a flogger. <laughs> yeah, but I also tell you something else that's an incredibly erotic um, weapon. Oh yeah. Is the fan. Mm. The fan is such a sensual toy. Yeah. The way you can use an ordinary... By the way, I'll, I'll do a plug for these later. <laughs> um, I'll send you the link. Oh, the fans are also available. But no, seriously, these are... And this is the whole thing about with BDSM, is the fact that you can use certain objects um, that are quite inane and innocent. Yeah in a very, very sensual and erotic way. 
um, and you can learn, you know, let's say for example you are experimenting and you're looking at sensual touch yeah. and that sort of thing. A fan is an incredibly beautiful object for just trailing over the skin. Um, and, you know, I, I could digress. <laughs> yes. I mean, the thing is, if I, we've found almost any household object can be used in play. Yeah, we've used quite a few, haven't we? And sometimes the more unusual they are, the more fun they are. And, um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like this time of year, of course, darling, don't forget, barbecue season's over, and these are all going very, very cheap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bear claws are fantastic. Um, very, very tactile mm. and extremely interesting because you can create so many different sensations in yeah. certain parts. Yeah. And you don't need to go anywhere, any naughty bits. That's the thing. Oh, I love that. You I know. love it. One of my favourite things. Right. Um, we've talked a bit more and kind of answered the question, so I won't ask it now. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. Oh, ask it. Go on. What was the question you were going to ask? Let's check with, should we recheck everyone to make sure that we've actually covered the subjects in base? Well, it was, it was more on advice for um, those wanting to join an alternate, alternative lifestyle scene. What would, if you could give one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, I think go to a munch. Yeah? I think go to a munch um, and, and have a look on, on, for example, Fat Life. Or if you're in the swing scene and you're interested, then, you know, Every club, I think, has people that go there that are on that particular lifestyle and, exp and, and have a chat to them. Yeah. Have an open discussion. Don't walk in, by the way, in the middle of a session where they're obviously doing something in a dungeon and say, oh, excuse me, I'm really interested in actually finding out more about this. <laughs> and, and you just completely kill the atmosphere and you're about ready to... The person that's... Uh, the, the two people that, or the three people that are in the session or whatever are about ready to change the subject matter and put you on there and just... Give you a lesson in keeping quiet by yeah. using a ball gag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happen that those people are also quite good at punishment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's different forms of punishment, you know. There is mental punishment where it can be down to straightforward, you know, how can you put it? Making people sort of be quiet, not forcing them to be quiet, but putting them in such a position where they're thinking to themselves, you've been extremely naughty, and if you don't keep quiet, we're going to have to have a chat, aren't we? <laughs> and perhaps it'll be better to have a chat with you if you are possibly restrained slightly. That works with you, doesn't it? Yep. Fair yep. And, and, you know, <laughs> naughty, petulant people need to understand respect, don't they? And it doesn't mean smack bottoms all the time. It could be humiliation. It could be being made to go and stand in the corner and face the wall. The, the, the problem is with, with kitten, a smack bottom is a reward. Ah, well, you mm, see, this is the is thing. The problem. But sometimes, if you send them off into the corner of the room and turn around and say, go and just collect your thoughts and think about your actions, and you can wait there until I think it's ready. Mm. I think yeah. the time is ready and the time is uh, been served. Mm. That doesn't always work. It's, it's, yeah. And you know exactly what's going to happen if you turn round. Mm. You or won't get a smacked bottom. Or fidget. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this podcast is 18 rated, and we haven't used the word fuck yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Done it. So that's it for part one. Thanks for listening so far. There's so much more to come. The next episode drops in 24 hours, and you'll 
if you like um, and hit that bell on Spotify, then you'll be able to get notifications of when the next episode goes live. If you do like the podcast and you're finding it useful, finding it entertaining, then do drop us um, a rating, um, interact with the questions below our episodes and find us on social media. Send us a like, drop us a message and uh, we'll get back to you. Until next time. Just one more thing before you go. We found out after we'd recorded um, our live on Saturday um, that we have been nominated for the UK Fetish Awards in the online blog and magazine category. We're overwhelmed with excitement for it. We're really proud um, of the year that we've had with the podcast. So we would really appreciate it if you would take just a quick minute to vote. Um, You can vote any day up until the 1st of November and you can do it every day. So if you've got time, we'd really, really appreciate it if you did take a second to vote for us and help us potentially win this award. We're under some st- against some stiff competition. Um, we've been checking them out and we're like, whoa. But we'd really love to. We're the only podcast nominated. So it'd be really, really great if you could spend just a minute over the next couple of weeks and well, actually over the next five weeks and drop us a vote. Thank you very much in advance and we'll let you know how we get on. We'll be sharing it all on Instagram and Twitter because we'll be going down to the awards. We're so excited. Thanks for in advance and we'll see you soon.